0: And we got this little medal bit, like a shamrock on it, and we and got like, this round circle broke. Yeah. We got a certificate, everyone got a certificate saying that we were in the 100th anniversary fish call. It's
1: beautiful. Yeah. What were the names of the songs you sang? Honor, Angelicus, and, songs, Jannicoes, and, Jannicoes,
2: and Have you been learning them for months now? Yeah, yeah. All the, the, all the choirs were singing the same thing. Amazing. All the choirs were singing the same thing. I the
3: best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd like to say that the first choir goes to choir number... The first prize goes to choir number seven. And the second prize goes to choir number
4: one.
5: gone in for singing in Irish, singing in English and piano and violin. It's a
2: busy week. Yeah. It's a busy week for your mum too. Yes. <laughs>
1: it is indeed.
2: Are you but a time? we
1: enjoy it very much. We spend most of the time uh, we, we go from to different competitions. And they they're very enjoyable usually. Are you as nervous? Are you more nervous than I she? I think I am the nervous one. She doesn't have the nerves which is great. <laughs> She enjoys it all. It's very apprehensive coming near the when the results are being given out, wondering. And they always start at the very end, and they give the highly commended or the commended, highly commended, and then you're wondering, will it will it be a runner-up or will it be first? So that part is very nerve-wracking. All right.
6: Just 100 years ago, in May 1897, the Feshkjoll was held for the first time in the Rotunda. Then there were 417 entries for 32 competitions. In this, the centenary year of the Feshkjoll, now in the RDS in Dublin, the numbers, says Deirdre Keller, director of the Feshkjoll, have increased dramatically.
2: This year now, we're very, very happy to say that we have well over 2,000 entries. But you see, our units are units of one, two, straight through to all the ensemble classes and orchestras, choirs, everything. So we would be talking about 7,500 young musicians from first to last it is absolutely wonderful to see them you wouldn't believe how well behaved i mean it it seems like a recipe for disaster with all of these coming together but you wouldn't believe the atmosphere the buzz that that's there at the vesco wonderful sense of achievement The junior is from nine years of age to under 17 in most competitions. Now, there's an odd competition where it's under 18 because, for instance, in the viola, the stretch of the finger, they reckon that they don't want to go senior until they're over 18 because of the stretch involved. But um, it it caters for uh, vocal, piano, woodwind, brass, strings. And in each of those... Am I right in this? Yes. Yes, in each of those, there are solo and ensemble classes and um, in, and organ, of course, and uh, a lot of choirs, a lot of choirs come and that is a really delightful day, the choirs day, because they just, they're all so fresh and they're so young in what they present. It's really lovely. And the orchestra day, the adjudicators can never get over the orchestra day because the um, People coming up, they have such different things to present because, you know, they have to fit what they play to the people that they have in the orchestra, which is never ideal. You know, they never have the ideal balance, like a professional orchestra. So they have to be very innovative and the adjudicators are always delighted with them.
6: Some participants are in for the fesh for the first time. Others have competed several times before. Unfortunately, only a few can be winners. But one thing is absolutely certain, for all of them it's a memorable occasion. Deirdre Kelleher, Kathleen Watkins and Bernadette Greevy have their own early memories of the Fesh.
2: Well, my earliest memory was when I was a schoolgirl in Sion Hill and every May, I think it was probably the second week in May, myself and Catherine Watkins and Mary O'Hara all came in. We were a trio and we ran around Abbey Street singing in girls' solo, A, B, C or D, whichever was appropriate. We then did duets and on certain heady occasions we did trios. But it was sunshiny and we wore white shoes and our school uniform. So that's my first memory of Fetch Coal.
7: Well, the trio was uh, Mary O'Hara. Deirdre Flynn, who's now Deirdre Kelleher, the director of the Feshkul, and myself, and Sister Angela prepared us for this hour on trio, and we also did um, English trios. And the important thing was that we learned so much in preparing these pieces uh, pace and rhythm, wonderful diction and phrasing, breathing. Also, how to read the music. She would look and she would say, that's not what's written. It's very nice. But there's a little rallentando at the end and you left that out. On one occasion, we were joined by another dear friend of mine, Lolly Berwick, for a quartet. And we paraded around the concert hall. She made us march to get a marching rhythm. I mean, these are things you never forget. And I think that kind of musical education is is terribly valuable for young people. I'm very lucky that I had a, a little taste of that. But the amount of education in the in the adjudicators comments afterwards, how to stand at the piano, how to acknowledge the pianist, how to um, change the mood for different songs. Um, So many things they learn. And, you know, you can hear a pin drop when they're when they're 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 giving the adjudication, there's not a sound in that room. And I think this is the most wonderful education for these young people who will be the audience for the future, because they will know what is good.
2: The one memory, a funny memory, has a little one. I didn't want to go in for this fetch because they, we were all dressed up. I was Pity Sing from far Japan or something. So I really resented. I, I can't remember why, but anyway, got out on the stage. My plan was I was going to get through this song as quick as I could, which I did. And the poor pianist could hardly keep up with me. But in, to cut a long story short, the adjudicator dragged me back and made a show of me and said that girl would have got first prize, but that girl decided she didn't want to do this competition. Well, he it taught me a lesson for life. So that girl's wig was slowly slipping down over her eyes in my big sort of Japanese wig. But that was, I learned my lesson. I was about, I suppose, I was about 12. So I was good after that.
6: <laughs> the word fesh is associated with the ancient assembly of the bards of Tara. And there had been a previous fesh feshkyol in Belfast in 1792, which was a gathering of harpists. The idea for this feshcule arose when on the 8th of September 1894 a letter from a Mr. T. O'Neill Russell appeared in the Evening Telegraph in which he complained of the neglect of Irish music and Irish musicians.
3: Celtic music has become unpopular even in the lands where its first strains were heard and is all but unknown to some of the very descendants of the men who produced it. It is a sad but undeniable fact that among the Irish upper classes of all creeds Irish music is little practised and less cared for. It is dying out as rapidly and as undeplored as the national language is fading away. These are sad things to think upon, but it would be sadder to let them pass, to say nothing about them, and thereby make the death of both language and music certain. By timely warning and agitation, something may be done to put a soul in the youth of Ireland and make them see clearly the abyss that is yawning before the two things that form their nationality. Namely, their language and their music.
6: A lively discussion took place through the newspaper columns, resulting in the setting up of a committee. A plan for a music festival was presented to the public in the Mansion House in June 1896, and a FESH committee was then set up to run the festival, with the eminent Irish composer Charles Villiers Stanford in the chair.
2: Well, at the end of the last century, a group of people got together and they seemed to feel that Irish music and musicians weren't getting a fair crack of the whip in this country. And so they got together and decided that they would hold a music festival, which they did in 1897. Now, the success of this was such that this very brave and dedicated a group of people decided that they would hold an annual music festival, and they formed the Feschkeol Association. And from there on, there has been a Feschkeol every single year, even in nineteen sixteen, when the hall was booked for e- the halls rather were booked for Easter week, and very sadly and tragically, obviously there was no Feschkeol, and they simply moved the competition to July. It was a most extraordinary situation.
6: All the leading musicians of the day were on the committee, including Sir Hamilton Harty, Michele Esposito and Edith Best, a hard-working and enthusiastic honorary secretary, and Dr Annie Patterson, who, as the newspaper said, did so much to advance the project in the initial stages and is actually credited
3: with being the founder of the Feshcjoll. Reporting the meeting in the Mansion House, the Irish Daily Independent said, Unionist Irishmen are just as warm about the subject of a music festival as their home rule fellow countrymen. Many bodies have rallied round to assist the new festival committee. The Royal Irish Academy has offered rooms for committee meetings. The clergy of all denominations and the press of all opinions have expressed the warmer sympathy. The cooperation of the leading professional musicians of Ireland has been secured. Even the Irish railway companies have given liberal reductions to participants in the form of a return ticket for half the single fare, and the Welsh I. Steadford has sent messages of encouragement and felicitations.
2: For one thing, there were approximately thirty competitions in that uh, in the old days, and a great many of these were for competition. Proportionately, almost half were for comp- uh, were for composition, and the others were for mostly group music, ensemble music, and group music, and rather few solo competitions. Now we have a hundred and fifty-seven performance competitions and six composition competitions, so it's all quite changed. And in singing alone, we have 22 senior solo competitions. So it's just the whole aspect of it has changed. It has grown immeasurably for one thing, immeasurably. If you have any idea at all of being a performer, you have to learn to take to the platform fairly early in life because it's extremely intimidating. So if if you're going on stage from the time you're nine which is the earliest age at which you can compete in Fesh Kjol. you know, you're a fairly hardy performer by the time you get to 19. And, you know, you really do know whether you want to be a performer or not. Because during those years, a really useful thing can happen. You can decide that not under any circumstances do you want to be a performer. And equally, you can decide, this is great. What I really want to do is perform. You know, it, it sorts out a lot of feelings like that.
6: The first winner of the first Vesh Kjol was Harry Shellard, who took the Senior Organ Prize. This year, 100 years later, his family has presented a centenary prize, thus giving a lovely touch of continuity. His grandson, Ken Shellard, talks about the prize.
1: But it's the complete organ works of Bach, um, the sheet music, complete organ works of Bach, uh, cloth bound, gold lettering, Alan Ridout edition which is a brand new one, only just published in 1995. So it's the latest scholarship and it's superlatively well printed and beautifully laid out with uh, great care taken over matters such as page turns and things like that, which can be so difficult when hands and feet are flying around already.
6: In James Joyce entered for the Fesh Cole tenor competition, encouraged by, amongst others, John McCormack, himself a Fesh winner from the previous year. Joyce pawned some books to pay for the entrance fee. Then he borrowed money from Oliver St. John Gogarty for singing lessons and borrowed again to hire a piano. Apart from his two set pieces, he was required to sing a piece by sight but when the piece was put in front of him, he waved it aside and strolled from the platform, as he couldn't sight-read. The startled adjudicator, who had intended to give Joyce the gold medal, could now only award him an honourable mention. As the Irish Daily Independent reported,
3: Mr James Joyce showed himself possessed of the finest quality voice of any of those competing. But according to the judge, Professor Luigi Denza of the London Academy of Music, Joyce lost considerably in marks, owing to not attempting the piece by sight. However, when the second-place winner was later disqualified, Joyce received the bronze medal, by default.
6: In 1913, there was a widely reported scandal, because a song called Camilla Fair, set for a choral competition, was considered indecent for mixed choirs. Letters were written to the Feshgold committee, choirs withdrew, special public meetings were held, Competitors were withdrawn because of the lewd atmosphere and two members of the Executive Committee resigned. The press reported the controversy widely but the Feshkjolle Committee stuck to their guns. The problem was that the word kiss appeared twice in the offending song. A crisis of another kind entirely was mentioned in the report of the Executive Committee for 1916.
3: The Feshkjolle of 1916 was held under exceptional circumstances. The date was fixed for the week commencing, May 8th. The rebellion of Easter week, unfortunately, necessitated the cancelling of all arrangements. But, through the kindness of the commissioners for national education, who placed their commodious schools at our disposal, the proposed competitions were able to take place during the week commencing July the 17th, 1916.
6: In 1933, a young singer named
8: Bob McCullough competed in the tenor solo for the twelfth time. I was a runner-up eleven times, eleven times over a period of about five years or six years. I was a runner-up. I continually heard the adjudicator saying, I've had most greatest difficulty in deciding between number 24 and number 19. But by a half a mark, I give it to number 24, and I'd be number 19. And the result was that the audience who attended the festival got to know me and my circumstance and how I was runner-up, and they'd all be backing me to win a competition. And finally then, uh, at the end of the run, I won the Tenor Gold Medal in 1933, um, I, I won it, and there was an absolute uproar in the Metropolitan Hall because they were all hoping this poor fellow McCullough would win the, the uh, a cup or something. I won the Tenor Gold Medal in 1933, and a very well-known pianist, Dorothy Stokes, was walking down Abbey Street from the Abbey Lecture Hall where she had been attending a piano competition, and she was walking down, and she heard the roar coming from the Metropolitan Hall, and she said, Rainbows won the O'Mara. I, she always called me Rainbow because she said that I brought a rainbow into the room when I arrived. And poor Dorothy arrived with great delight into the Metropolitan Hall to grasp me and congratulate me, and at last being a winner. Of course, I had won other things in the meantime. I had won the Dennis O'Sullivan Medal. I had won the... the um, Jervis Edwards Cup and so on. But that was the crowning moment to win the prize in
4: 1933. (laughs)
8: Well, I first entered for the tenor gold medal in 1928 when um, I won the silver medal. And the reason I won the silver medal and not the gold was that a most extraordinary circumstance had arisen. The test piece at that time for the tenors was an aria from Handel's famous oratorio, Samson, in which Samson sings of his loss of sight O loss of sight, of thee I most complain. O worse than beggary, old age, or pain, my very soul in real darkness dwells. Now that was a very moving aria. And in the middle of the competition, a man was led out onto the stage with a white stick, quite blind. He stood in the front of the platform and sang, O loss of sight. Of thee I most complain, oh, worse than beggary, old age or pain. Well, everybody in the place was in tears, and the adjudicator, I think it was Sir Richard Terry, came up on the platform at the end of the competition, in which there were about 30 competitors. He said, I don't know what you intend me to do, but he said, I cannot, I have tears in my eyes listening to that man. And if he hadn't sung well, I wouldn't have given him the medal. But he said, I give him the medal, he said, for his remarkable singing of that aria. And he said, just to ensure everything is right, I give him five marks for sight reading. A further
6: crisis occurred in 1944, when, for the first time during the Second World War, a number of English adjudicators couldn't travel. And the competitions were judged largely by an Irish panel. One of these was John McCormick. These reports from Maxwell Sweeney from the RTE archives.
9: My
0: young love said to me, My mother won't mind. Some and of the my
3: competition's my already over.
10: A Dublin girl, Susanna Young, won the Soprano competition and another Dubliner, Jane Carty, won the Wallace Cup for singing to her own accompaniment for the second year in succession, by the way. As I left to come to the studio, the closing stages of the Plunkett Green Cup for singers was in progress and looking into another hall, I heard some of the brilliant violin playing which is being adjudicated by Jean Pugnier for the Arthur Cattrell Cup. This is a big week the year for many vocalists and instrumentalists, and I'll wager that not one of the tenors who stood up in the CIE hall for the tenor class tonight didn't have somewhere in the back of his mind the thought that this was the competition in which John McCormack started his brilliant career. Another McCormack? Another Margaret Burke Sheridan? Another star pianist or vocalist? Who knows? Maybe the Fesh will tell us. Frederick Grinker of the New London's string quartet, who judged the strings, commented one evening, I've enjoyed my first day adjudicating at the Feche enormously. The standard has been very high, particularly in the Special Junior Violin and in the Catterall Cup, with some outstanding individual performances. There was a brilliant boy in the Special Junior Violin, a real solo performer, some good performances in the intermediate violin, and two very fine performances in the Catterall Cup. This was a difficult adjudication, I feel, because both girls were really excellent. It was a pity there was only one performer in the cello concerto class. There were three entries, and only one turned up. The Mozart E-flat Concerto, played by Mary Gallagher, won for her the Arthur Catterall Cup.
6: The location of the Fesh Keol has changed many times, the Rotunda, the ancient concert rooms, the Mansion House and the Metropolitan Hall in Abbey Street in Dublin. In 1983 it moved to its current location, the Royal Dublin Society in Ballsbridge, Bridge, with St Mary's Donnybrook, Christ Church Cathedral and St Bartholomew's Church as additional premises.
2: For years and years before that, it had been in Abbey Street, in Scotts Church Hall and the DCM Hall and the Metropolitan Hall, where, in fact, in the Metropolitan, you climbed many steps onto the stage and there was a scripture quotation behind you. You know, it was—it had an atmosphere all of its own. But sadly, they, they were um, taking down the Metropolitan Hall, I presume for office buildings or something. And you see, in the Feshkeol, we must have at least three or four halls which can run concurrently and which are in a complex that the steward can get at the director, and the director can get at the stewards, and the competitors can come to get their certificates. So we need a complex of halls. And um, the then director, Ronald Feltries, had the brainwave of asking the RDS, and we went out in 1983. And it really is not an exaggeration to say that it has been our home ever since, and really our home, because they are so good about obliging us in every way. It's incredible.
8: I remember the days when buses used to be standing in Abbey Street. Where from? Porter Down. Lelfast, Armagh, Londonderry, wherever. And there they would stand and I'd say, oh, here's those Northerners again and as sure as eggs they'll win the Cups. There was a crowd called the Portadown Male Voice Choir and I used to always say, oh, here they are, the Portadown Male Voice Choir will win this win this blooming competition and right enough they would come down and would sing magnificently and invariably the Portadown male voice choir appeared in our programmes.
6: Frank Dunn and Neil Cooney recall
5: their time at the Fesh it, it I have wonderful memories of their... It had, at the back of the hall, where in back of where the singers stood, a biblical exhortation. I sometimes wondered when I walked out on the stage with the complete silence and the head of the adjudicator bowed that the audience and himself were in deep prayer, as I was indeed, that I wouldn't forget my notes and music... But um, I was lucky enough at that time to be with a pupil of Frank Cowell who had a good group of singers around him at that time and himself and Dory, his wife sadly neither of them now are with us any longer they used to hold a party on the Sunday before the Fesh where we all had to gather and sing songs our er, songs to each other which is quite a nerve-wracking experience I met uh, some great friends there people like uh, Paulie O'Rourke William Young, although he wasn't competing then, but he came along because Alison Young played for us uh, and guided us indeed through all the competitions and he did for us and people like that. I was nine when I did my first Fesh kill and that was in the Metropolitan Hall in Abbey Street. And I think I did the Rona Marsha then. And I did it for another couple of years. And then I remember when it moved to the RDS in Balls Bridge I started doing the Feshkjoll again when I was about 14, and I loved playing in the big hall on the Steinway. That was my first experience, playing in a in a f- a full-size hall on the Steinway. And I did the Feshkjoll up until I was about 17, I think. And my fondest memory is playing um, Chopin Barcarol. I think that was in the Cuban Cup, and that was my favourite piece set for the Feshkjoll. In the 60s and 70s,
6: RTE regularly broadcast recitals of various winners of FESH competitions. Jane Carty recalls one such FESH winner.
2: The violin that Una Kyo played with when she won the junior violin C could nearly have found its way to the FESH on its own, for this was the third time that a person playing it has won this competition. Una is the daughter of actor Des Kyo and violinist Geraldine O'Grady, and this was the violin Geraldine used when she was Una's age. Here's Una now playing Andante Cantabile by Gluck, accompanied by Null Elevens. By far, the greatest number of entries, I'll put it like this, is in the singing. By far, are in the singing, and um, the most, the one this year which has absolutely shot through the roof is the Orinor, the Rathmines and Rathgar Cup. There's a bursary, there's a Robert McCullough bursary attached to it this year, and we normally get about 15 entries, and really not all of those perform. This year we have 54 entries. We actually have had to run on the middle Sunday of the Feskeol. And nothing will happen that Sunday except the Rathmines and Rathgar Cup all day. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't and these will be uh, songs from the shows and from operettas and things like that. Absolutely wonderful.
6: There was an unusual entry in the r Cup competition in 1971. A competitor in drag with many a saucy glance and coquettish gesture sang The Pest of Budapest for Maritza. He was awarded second prize. He was none other than the famous radio and television personality, Kevin Hock.
0: This number, The Pest of Budapest from Maritza, came about. I saw a show out somewhere in Dunleary, and I remember seeing the number. I thought, now, there would be a good number for the R&R Cup. I had competed a few years before that, and I remember winning it with um, a number, Bonthorne's Aria from Gilbert and Sullivan's Patients. So I said I'd go in again, but this time it was drag. And, of course... Nobody ever appeared in the Feshkjol and drag before. So, of course, you know all the little old ones with flat hats sitting in there in the evening, out in the front. They nearly died when I came out because they never expected. It has never happened since, as far as I know, and it had never happened before that. So, of course, consternation when they heard I was actually doing this number. But actually, it's quite a funny number. And my aunt was head of wardrobe here in RT at the time, Joan O'Rourke. And she, of course, dressed me. So I had the very best, most beautiful gown and a fabulous wig and earrings and the whole lot, you know, just very, very funny and great memories. I mean, I wouldn't do it now. (laughs) I must have had great nerve to do it, but uh, I have great memories. I mean, coming up those steps in the Metropolitan Hall, I mean, it's frightening, terrifying. But it was a wonderful hall to sing in, the acoustics. Your voice really did sound terrific, even if you didn't have a big voice. whatever the way the acoustic was, you know, it was was marvellous. It really was a wonderful place to sing in.
6: Almost every Irish performer of national or international stature for the past century has passed through the Feschiol competitions.
2: Well, of course, you, you have to talk about you have to talk about Finnean Collins, who was the fourth of a very, very musical family, all of whom were very big uh, prize winners. But, I mean, Finnean, at the age of 17, had won not only all the Junior Cups, but all the Senior Cups and our Morris Grant Bursary, which is the Cup Winners' Cup. So, sadly, we lost Finnean at the age of 17. I think I was
1: about nine when I went in first, so it would have been back in 1986, and I did the piano under 11 then and ever since then I've been I've been going in for the fish every year. So it's been a long time at it.
6: I asked Deirdre Kelleher if some children feel disappointed about losing.
2: At the very, the very mildest level, nobody goes in to lose, you know, but um, they learn to cope very well. And when you say, do you see it? I take it that some must feel it, Niall. But I would have to say that rarely, if ever, I cannot actually think of one single time on which I have seen acute disappointment expressed. They really are admirable. In the discipline with which they take both winning and losing of course to me there's nothing as bad as a bad winner you know a triumphal winner is a terrible thing again i haven't seen it but it would be terrible but um, no they're very brave they go up with a smile pasted on their little faces and they congratulate the winner and then god knows what happens when they get into the car to go home or the bus but i when you say have you seen i would say no i have not seen uh, poor losing i have not seen it there is no doubt from the enthusiasm shown
6: by all those connected with the Fesh Kjol, that it will continue to serve Irish musicians well into the 21st century and beyond. So what's next for the Fesh?
2: Well, of course, we'll have the Siemens-Nixdorf Fesh Cíol Gala concert in May, and uh, that will have John O'Connor, Ronan Tynan and Cara O'Sullivan. Now, for that night, Siemens-Nixdorf take the concert hall and it is by invitation in June we will have something on the 16th of June because that was the first day that any group of people sat down to talk about the possibility of having a music festival in um, 1896 so we must have something that day and it will very possibly be an RDS orientated, it certainly in fact will be an RDS orientated thing then of course we have the EMCY but mostly what we're doing is centering through to, for instance, the bursaries. We have bursaries now in every category this year and they are going through, straight through to the competitors. And that's what we're trying to do, to kind of focus on the competitors this year. As development goes on, the Fesh will keep abreast of it because otherwise we could become a very uninhabited ivory tower. And we've now got to a stage of having the the amount of entries which are almost an embarrassment in the sense that I was wondering if I when we were programming if we would be putting them on the roof of the RDS or out in the yard or something like this but um, so that whatever we do keep an eye very much and people are very kind in that they do come to us and say have you thought of this and have you thought of that and every single suggestion is taken on board and brought to the committee every single suggestion and some are deemed suitable and some are not deemed suitable so we do Listen. Now this year, for instance, we have a drawing-room ballad competition for men and women, and that's new. So we will, I would expect we would keep adding competitions as time goes on.
11: Well, I help the director in the office. I'm sort of the uh, general purpose man, you know. This year also, I'm teaming up, I'm taking photographs. I'm a photographer by profession, and uh, these photographs will be used for archive purposes and maybe... Uh, when we get a little bit more money, we might publish a, a centenary book. And uh, my my involvement with the FESH has been for the last twenty years, and uh, it's a sort of a a love business for me. I have to put aside all my work for a couple of weeks and take up residence here in Ballsbridge. But um, like a lot of people in the FESH, we love it so much, and we um, you know we, we continue to do it as as long as it keeps going for another hundred years, I suppose. Oh yeah.
8: I have to appear as president this year. And by the way, I have had the great happiness of presenting the Fashkyol with a gold chain for the president. And it's done in the design of the Faciol. The medal is in the design of the Facial and my name is the first to appear on it. It's a shame to say that in a hundred years nobody ever thought of giving a, a president's chain to the president. But this year we have it, and I will be on display with my chain round my neck.
1: I often think to myself that if the Fesh were to go out of existence, they'd have to reinvent it. It's an absolutely essential part of musical life in this country, particularly for young people looking for a platform and looking to measure their skills against those of others. If it didn't exist, it would have to be invented. So it's very important to keep it going.
2: I always think that that of the year that Anne Murray won, she was only seventeen, and she won so many senior cups. That's one. The other one is of Suzanne Murphy coming up the the stairs to sing in the dramatic cup to sing the aria from Joan of Arc. I think that that is maybe my most striking memory of Feschkiewl because she just was Joan of Arc when she came there, you know. But I often think what it must be like in the day, and of course. Uh, The the Morris Grant Bursary every year, which is the Piano Cup Winners' Cup, that every year, you know, the the Bursaries, the Dramatic Cup also every year, um, the Piggott Cup, the the Hearty Cup, where they sit and play a piano concerto. All of these are absolutely wonderful, but I think the memory that I think of is of Suzanne coming up there, you know. It, it, it was just, it was so striking and so different from anything I had seen before.
4: I put